they're like, we have nine pets. I'm like, nine pets? Nine, what the fuck? Bro, six nine cats. dogs. Six cats? Oh. Six cats, three like dogs. Birds. I do not have six cats you, for the world to know. You, you almost might be getting there, there though, no, bro. I you, no, I don't. Ryan, is he <laughs> not there? Too. He's getting there. I know he's getting there. All right, two out of six. It is impossible to anticipate where the two monsters which suddenly appeared in the atomic area will attack next. If your power goes out, remain calm. We back. We back. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 13 of the First Sip Podcast. This podcast is actually brought to you by, cool ring to it to say that, brought to you by Surfcasting 7 Stripes. So Surfcasting 7 Stripes is a fishing apparel company whose sole focus is the conservation of striped bass. Apparently, that's a problem, something that we're going to delve into because we have the founder and owner of Surfcasting 7 Stripes on the podcast today, one of our best friends. Ryan can say so. We are also going to dive into real estate investing. So Ryan is going to give us an outside perspective. He's not a realtor. He is not a lender. He's just a hungry kid who has been smashing it across multiple states using the Burr method, something he's going to talk about. I know nothing about it. I only know about it through listening to Deeper Pockets or Bigger oh, Pockets. We, we don't whatever. talk. We don't talk Ryan is a hungry savage. He's one of my best friends. Ryan, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, of course, gentlemen. The real estate so I can fish a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? That's it. We're just trying to reach <laughs> that, point that passive income. That financial freedom, man. And mind you, Ryan is not uh, a tech guru in any way. I'm amazed that he was able to get a website up for surf casting because it took us about 25 minutes for Ryan to even figure out how to utilize a mic for this podcast. So that's who we're dealing I, with. I paid for the website, boys. Pay for that all to be done. Lord knows that wasn't that's happening it. by my hand. I know that's my strengths. That's it. That's that's the first gem of the day. That's the first gem of the day. That is the first gem, bro. You yeah. don't know how to do it. Hire somebody. That's it. Hire Delegation, boys. Delegation. You don't know how to do it. I'm at a point in my life. I don't know how to do it. I am not going to spend time frustrating myself. YouTube's there for a reason. So, so to say you don't know how to do it, ignorant. Yes. <laughs> but to actually take the time, yeah, Different. to learn something new delegation so let's let, let's talk about that right <laughs> learning something new starting yeah, something new you course. started a is it can i call it a non-profit business uh, it's not a non-profit but okay. what all of our funds do go to a non-profit not a 503 okay but okay yeah, gotcha that means but you are donating your money to to a cause that's correct can you tell us a little bit more about it yes yeah what is the cause yeah so i've been a avid striped bass fisherman since I was God seven years old. So we're at about 11 years now or 21 years. I apologize. Um, and essentially, you know, over the years I've made all the same mistakes that, you know, most anglers make today, keeping fish, mishandling fish, dragging fish through the sand. I mean, these are just, again, these are typical things that your, your beginner fisherman will do. Um, closer to recent years, you know, I started catching bigger fish and bigger fish consistently. And, you know, I just started noticing people carrying away bigger fish. And, you know, sometimes I'm fishing in these areas where people are pulling, you know, the fish of a lifetime. Like if you guys were to come up, I'd take you to this spot and where you could catch that fish of a lifetime. You might plan. not get anything, yeah. but, um, 
essentially, you know, you're seeing two guys, you're seeing guys carry away two fish a piece and, you know, they're each 40 pounds and, you know, those are big fish. Uh, but most importantly, they're breeders. Um, so basically these striped bass, I, I think the term is allosteric where essentially they're, um, their reproductive organs grow like twice as fast as the actual size of the fish. So the larger they get, the the difference between like a 28 inch fish and a 40 Mm -hmm. inch fish can be millions of eggs. So essentially, you know, I'm seeing all these guys carry away these big fish, all these breeders. And I'm like, damn, there ain't going to be no future for these fish. And I start doing research. I start looking into it. This is 2019. And only to find out that the population is in trouble. All the stuff I've been reading points to the recreational angler. For those who don't know what the recreational angler is, it's the, you know, your weekend warrior dude who's, you know, working the nine to five and then Saturday morning rolls around, he goes fishing. Um, So, and I'm a recreational angler. So I'm like, damn, you know, what what can we do to fix this? So you were a part of the problem. So I, oh, leading up to this. Yeah, the last oh, and I'll, I admit that so many times in my podcast. Up till I was yeah. about like sixteen, seventeen, I was keeping fish every weekend. Mm. My dad takes us to Maine. I'm so thankful he takes us to Maine. My way of repaying him, I would keep the fish. I'd fillet it up. I'd cook it for him the whole nine. Um, and then I started catching bigger fish, and I stopped fishing with my dad. So my dad wasn't watching me all the time. And I'd come back. He'd be like, you catch any fish? I'm like, nah, not today, blah, blah, blah. And one day, one day he sees me because I fish and there's a bridge. Al knows he's been there. That's right. Yeah. So my dad's up on Staring this bridge. Nice. Mm-hmm. Sure you were. <laughs> we caught I almost fish. got sponsored. Yep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Boys are sponsored. Yep. I'm uh, sponsored because I, I do this. That's right. There's no way you've ever I, been fishing. I'm I'm Guyanese. I don't know what that means. Land of many land of many rivers. Come on now, land, we do land this. of many fish. We do this. Ryan knows we taking a trip this summer. Yeah, but we you out. do it with like, like we out to like the Demerara, a sharp rock. The Demerara you, River. Actually, listen, we take I'll, a, I'll do it with a little rope. That's what I'm saying. And I know you do. You, you use throw the it in with little, crazy, little rope and cowboy it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, man, bringing people together, one cause at a time. Listen, if it's through fishing, you do it through fishing. I think it's so crazy that you had the awareness, though, you know, to like take a step back and say, I'm engaging in this, but, you know, how do I make sure that this is something that people can continue to engage in? Because I enjoy it so much, right? So you want to continue to have your fun and do what you enjoy. But at the same time, how can you protect what you're doing? Yeah, dude, it's it's like with anything in life, you know, again, like to bounce back to real estate, it's like, you know, I'm not making enough money in this life. What can I do? What mm-hmm. what are avenues can I figure out so that, you know, I'm not broke at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Um, you just you have to sit there and you have to be like, OK, what can I do to fix this problem? I'm a part of the problem. I'm not making enough money to, to at least reach the goals I want to. What do mm-hmm. I got to do to fix that? I like Same that. with the fishing. You know, I'm I'm keeping these fish. I'm part of the problem. Um, but like I said, my dad, you know, he's watching me from the bridge one day and I let God, I caught this huge fish and I let it go. And I didn't know he was watching me. I walked back. He's like, Oh, you catch any fish? I'm like, nah, man, not today. He's like, I saw you let that big fish go. I'm like, damn. And that was it. That was it from that on. My dad knew, like, I just didn't, I didn't keep fish anymore. So, uh, but yeah, 
but yeah, I had to realize I was part of the problem. And so, so dude, okay. So, so you realize you're part of the problem, no problem. And now you, what, what's going on? So what was the original plan? What got it started and where are you at now? I mean, I know we all have gear. I've seen multiple people online buying your stuff. People come up on my explore page all the time. Yeah, you know you have a growing community. Man. You it's do. Crazy. You, I mean, yeah. fishers are crazy. Fishermen are crazy. So yeah, yeah. so yes, we are. Where what what was the starting process like for people who don't know who want to even start up an apparel company? Because that's what you sure, are. Sure. You're an apparel it, company. What was the original yeah. process? And then walk us through how it's evolved and grown. Yeah. So originally it just started out. I was like, okay, you know, I, I'm just going to make some shirts. I'm going to make some UPF 50 long sleeves. You know, fishermen spend a lot of days out in the sun. Uh, the UPF 50 aspects will, uh, you know, protect you from the sun so forth. Be like a dual purpose. Say you're saving fish and saving yourself from the sun kind of thing. Solving a um, problem. Yeah. So after that, I was like, okay, I need somebody to go, to give the money to, cause you know, I don't know who to give the money to. So mm-hmm. I reached out to two companies. First one didn't love so much. The second one, they were like, all right, let's set up a zoom meeting. And I started talking to these guys and I'm like, damn, these guys are entrenched in what they are doing. They were so deep talking terms. I had no idea. I mean, again, you know, I've, I did a little bit of research mm-hmm. after when I figured out this was all a problem. I didn't do the, you know, the years of work that these gentlemen have done. So, um, you know, one of the guys was like, listen, man, you know, I was at a certain age in my life where somebody took me under their wing and they said, you're the future of this fishery. And essentially taught him everything. So, uh, I got linked up with these guys. That's those guys are called the American saltwater guides association. Um, and they are where all of my money goes to. So now I have essentially a company that the money's going to go to. This was actually, the company was actually gave, given to me by another guy I reached out to. His name was Taylor. Um, and he was just writing these, these small articles and so forth. I was originally going to give my money to him, but he's like, listen, man, your money's going to just go a lot. You know, it's going to be much well or much better spent with these guys. They know what they're doing. Um, so now I have, again, I have my shirts and now I have uh, this company mm-hmm. that I, I can donate my funds to. So like you said, I'm donating a decent amount of funds. So I have to be like, okay, these shirts can't be American made. It's just, I'll just never, I'll never have any, <laughs> any way to, to donate any money at the end yeah. of the day. Ugh. So I had to go on to Alibaba and, you know, I'd basically, this was January of, of, of 20, 2019. Mm-hmm. I'm reaching out to all of these warehouses, all these out outsourcing people and all this stuff. I had a couple companies send me materials. I tested them out and, uh, we found stuff, we found a couple of pairs of uh, shirts that nailed it, narrowed it down to three colors. And, uh, I threw the website up cause I figured I was like, you know, I can't just have these shirts. I want people to have sweatshirts. I want them to have cool apparel. Um, after a year we were able to donate, like, I think it was like 1200 bucks, a thousand bucks. Nice. Um, well done before. Yeah. yeah which, which again, it, being able to do that, you know, first comp first, first year, uh, of a company. I was pretty stoked about that. Mm-hmm. And you know, honest to God, I've, I have like all my friends to thank. I have you guys to thank because everybody ordered and, yeah. uh, oh, that's you know. what it's about, man. Supporting, supporting one another. 
Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And I, you know, I reached out in the very beginning. I reached out to so many, like, like you said, on the explore page, um, you know, I'd search striped bass, I'd search all this stuff and I would find the top people, like the top, however you want to phrase representatives of within our little community. And I reached out to them and I said, Hey, you know, this is what my brand stands for. This is what we're trying to do. Would you wear my apparel? You know, I'll send it to you for free. No worries. Now I reached out to like 20 people. Um, and that's when things kind of started taking off because people started taking pictures uh, with my gear on. And I have some guys who are like taking it to the next level and like they have amazing, beautiful pictures. So it didn't even matter if people had yeah. fish in the pictures. Like we're talking beautiful scenery, beautiful, just everything outlay. And I've had a chance to, to fish with these people now because they've, they've invited me out uh, just because they like, they like what I'm doing. So, you know, not only the aspect of like helping, but now I've got to meet so many cool people within this community. And it's just ah, fishing with people who are just like-minded, but mm-hmm. also better fishermen than you. So yeah. it's, you're constantly, you're constantly learning. So, so <clears throat> yeah, dude, that's awesome. So where are you at now? What was the donation, most recent donation that you were able to give? So recently what I decided to do is I reached out to a bunch of, uh, we call them plugs, but lures, if you will, I reached out to a bunch of plug builders and I've just been reached. I've reached out to God. I don't even know, probably over 30 at this point. And I just said, Hey, I'm going to start running, you know, monthly raffles. Would you guys mind donating plugs to these monthly raffles? So essentially I got people sending me free plugs. I put them up on the page. I put up my Venmo, my PayPal, and now people are starting to essentially like the last I've done it the last two months, we've raised 300 bucks. Nice. So, and, and that's not including what we're, what we're doing on the website. I like to let everything accumulate like throughout mm-hmm. the season and then figure out how much I have to donate at the yeah. end. But it's more but, than you did year one. Oh, it's, it's going to be for sure. Yeah, that's going to be for sure. Yeah. You're going forward. And I mean, regardless, dude, you're just doing something good, which is cool. Heck yeah. Heck and yeah. word no. spreading. Love that idea. Yeah. I love that idea. Any <laughs> other uh, big ideas or things we should be looking forward to in the future? Uh, yeah. What's the next plan for surf casting? That's a good question. Next, next plan for surf casting. Well, I just designed, it was funny you asked because I just designed some new sweatshirts uh, okay. this okay. past, this morning actually. And it was based off of uh, our buddy AJ it was like, mm-hmm. Hey dude, you got to get some crew necks, man. So this morning I was online. I woke up at like four o'clock this morning. I couldn't sleep. And uh, I just started cranking out some designs, some new crew necks. I'm working with some people in the industry right now who have designed some, some crafty logos for me. I just told them I needed it for a new design and bam, came up with a new sweatshirt this morning. I can't wait for it to launch. Oh, nice. that's awesome, man. Nice. Heck yeah. Kembe loves that stuff. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, oh my gosh. yeah. That makes the Kembe so happy. Love that back, well, that background you, stuff. Yeah. You confirmed it too, because I saw I saw your first <laughs> sip, uh, your first sip crew necks. And I'm like, damn, you know, I really do need some of those. Cause I had a crew neck on and it was a fishing crew neck. And AJ was like, Yeah, man, I really like that. I really like that. So oh, hey. people love the crew necks. But that's yeah. what I'm that's saying, it. dude. It's what the people want, it's not what that's I want. It. No. Right? Solve the need for the people. That's it. That's it. So, how, have you been? Have you been able to do um, a decent amount of business trips, fishing wise, with surf casting? 
Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I do a lot of fishing from basically the end of April. So really this last week of April until November. Um, and during that time, yeah, I write off every breakfast sandwich that goes into my mouth, <laughs> uh, every iced coffee I have on a, you know, an early morning or mm-hmm. I was sucking down bang energies last year. Like it was nothing. I got to stop that. That's all oh, we that's didn't do. We yeah, didn't ask him what he was not, sipping that's on. That's not good for you. That's we, not good for you. Yeah. Ryan, I'm, you bring, you bring us to our next point. Yeah. First what are you sip. sipping on today, man? Yeah. What, what are you sipping on for this episode? I'm buddy? just, I'm sipping on water to the, today, boys. Nothing. Yeah. Another H2O yeah. drinker. So H2O so, drinker. So you said that there's a reason though that it's just strictly water. Ryan just got there's, back from yeah. from a trip down to Tampa. Why don't you tell us about the trip, bro? What what was the rationale behind the trip? <laughs> so yeah, so I um, Albert, uh, like he he alluded to, I'm I'm involved in real estate, um, and Albert has linked me up with one of his friends who's also in real estate. Um, two minds thinking alike at this point. And our, my next adventure, I should say, Joe, who's, who's the friend he linked me up with Joe's next venture is Airbnb as well as mine. Um, so we're like, you know, where, where are you looking? And he said, Florida. I'm like, well, we happen to be looking in Florida as well. And I said, you know, what, what area you focused on? Cause I have some connections down in the Tampa St. Pete area in terms of realtors I've reached out to in the past who send me properties and so forth. Um, he's like, okay, yeah, like let's, let's leverage those, um, excuse me, let's leverage those relationships. So I, I flew down on Friday night or Friday morning, took an Uber right to a house that they were, uh, they were already at, they were already seeing. So Joe's there, he's with the two realtors. I was supposed to be in Thursday night, but, uh, I had a deal I had to close with, um, some clients back home and it was supposed to happen during the day. It got bumped up to dinner time. So I had to close that deal Thursday night, basically got home at 11, woke up at two, got on a plane. And like I said, shipped right over to the house that they were looking at. We walked in, uh, we ended up putting an offer in on this house. Um, but place was nice, surrounded by cameras, great neighborhood, about two seconds from a beach. The beach area was like this nice downtown area where there's plenty of food. You know, all the things you want to see as a real estate investor, you know, attraction. You want to see a lot of foot traffic, especially when you're doing an Airbnb. People who are doing Airbnbs, especially in beachy areas, they don't want to be driving. They want to be walking to the places they're going and drinking, having a good time. Um so, yeah, so I was supposed to go fishing that night and uh, I ended up liking our boy Joe a little bit too much. I was like, you know, this guy gets it. He's pretty cool. And we went out. We had ourselves a night. Oh, nice. my God. Did we have ourselves a night? That's so what we're talking am, about. I'm sucking down <laughs> some water. I've been sucking down water since I got yeah. home, man. Now you got to drink uh, two gallons a day. That's <laughs> it. That's it. That that's kid was ordering double whiskeys every time. And I'm just sitting here. Mm-hmm. I'm like damn, Albert must have not told this kid I don't drink that much. But you're but here I, held, I held you're here. my you own, made man. It, you're What's that? You made it. Damn, yeah, bro. I held my stuff. own. I was surprised, surprised myself. Yeah. So what ended up What uh, ended up happening? Did you guys get the 
the house? Yeah, or? with the offer. Good so question. we did. We did not get the house. Um, okay. Now we put the offer in. We put it in as a preliminary offer, and I mm-hmm. say preliminary because um, I hadn't run the numbers, and yeah, basically every number that I ever. Um, that, that I go by, I go by my partner. Mm-hmm. My partner is the analysis guy. I'm mm-hmm. the face-to-face guy. Yeah. Um, so essentially I sent him the property. I had him run the numbers. I knew I had a feeling because the, the way I like to do it is, especially with an Airbnb, if I'm going to buy it, mm-hmm. what I need to know is, can it survive as a standalone rental? Yeah. Because if the Airbnb, this is a new venture for me, if the Airbnb doesn't work out, can I rent it on a monthly basis yeah. just as a normal standalone? Um, I knew the numbers weren't going to work as a normal standalone. And I did a little bit of math myself. Uh, it looked like the property was going to need around $2,300 a month, just around that area uh, to stay up and float. Basically, the mortgage would be $2,300. Um, and then I priced out comps in terms of, you know, what the average Airbnb was taking in around that area. And it was around $170. Okay. So I went to the top, like, just, let's say, you know, I made a nice Airbnb out of it. I made it the best in the area. So I was like, you know, I'll charge 200 bucks a night. Mm-hmm. And even at 200 bucks a night, we were looking at around 12 days worth of, uh, worth of rent or really Airbnb we'd need to have that place rented out for, for at least 12 days. That's close to half the month. And I don't know if I can take that risk right now. Yeah. It's a good gamble. That's interesting. You have to weigh. Yeah. And it's a lot of numbers. Um, I think that's what scares a lot of people too. But when they look to get into the real estate investment game, you know, there are, I guess, yeah, no, there are a lot of numbers to calculate, you know, but like you're saying, you have a partner and when you're finding the properties, you get to a point where you say, okay, I have this, I'm, I'm, scouted out another property here you run the numbers what is that can you talk to us about like how that's helped you guys build your portfolio over the past couple of years yeah no because you, it, we talked about this the other day man you guys are killing it for sure for sure it's it's the same thing we were talking about in the beginning it's all about delegation guys it's okay to walk into a scenario and step back and be like i have no idea what i'm doing mm-hmm. if you approach everything you, you know everything you're doing then you'll never learn and So, you know, when I first met my business partner, I mean, I knew he wasn't like me, you know, I'm outgoing, I'm super social. Um, but I'm, I'm also not a guy, you know, I have a science background. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I enjoy looking at graphs and charts and numbers. Like I hate that stuff. Um, so Robbie brought this crazy analytics side, um, to just, to just get a little bit of background, you know, we were both listening to bigger pockets at the time and we heard this gentleman, his name was Neil Bawa. He came on to the show and he had all of these ramifications for numbers mm-hmm. in terms of what he was looking for in certain demographics. And that's where he was investing. Now we're looking at rental. We're looking at basically just income. We're looking at schools. We're looking at safety in terms of crime rates and so forth. And he has all of these numbers calculated out. Well, I wrote down every single number and I call Robbie up at the end of the day. He goes, I heard the episode too. I wrote all the numbers down. This kid creates an Excel sheet that literally scrapes data off of the internet, Mm -hmm. off of like citydata.com and finds 2000 cities that basically meet that criteria 2000 <laughs> i'm like 
shit, man. Damn, this kid did this in two days. So he eventually formulated a website out of it. It's called wisery.com, W-I-S-E-R-E-I.com. Got to give that a shout. Um, And so we find this one town and... You know, we we had one deal. It took us two years, by the mm. way, to do our first deal. And that before those two years, there was about four years of knowledge that had to be taken in. And and I know you guys, you know, you've heard about this aspect, but it's just like, you know, it's it's kind of like shit or get off the pot. Excuse mm-hmm. my language. But when you're when you're doing this real estate thing, this and this analysis paralysis, it's so easy to get mm-hmm. caught up in. Um so eventually you just got to take the plunge. Well, we took the plunge. We bought our first property. It's a single family home and <laughs> a little bit of a weird situation, but this perfect couple, perfect on paper, I'd like to say, uh, we background check all of our, all of our tenants, by the way. So we don't have to deal with, um, uh, I don't know how to say Any this. craziness. Yeah, we don't have to deal with headaches and so forth. Yeah, yeah. We also tailor our lease to to you make sure find that out somebody died from doing meth last night. E- exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're crazy. You you never know. Right. These <laughs> houses are in Texas too. Houses, some crazy things. How how? You never. I'm just saying. <laughs> He's right. I don't want. I don't want to wake up to a phone call being like, "Hey, buddy, uh, oh, Bob died." They're going to crack. Uh, they're going to crack at <laughs> Who's again? calling yeah. you, bro? You're Who's calling right. you? Talking like that and they, saying that. Yeah. Hey. Where is that? Where Where did you yeah, buy this first house? Is that? Bob so died. I, didn't, I didn't say this, but all these houses that I bought are in Texas. That's how yes. they talk in Texas. Yes. You, bro, he's, he can help he's us. got it. This is how you get your horse. He can help. You see how you beat me to it? Mm-hmm. You can you can help me find my compound down there. All right. Listen, so your first house. Fine. I'm going to need about 20 so, acres. Essentially, bigger, bigger podcasts. Big, I mean, bigger pockets. Big rule with them is, you know, invest where you can afford, not where you live. Mm-hmm. So here we are. We're in Texas. So funny situation. Again, these people are perfect on paper. They're like, we have nine pets. I'm like nine pets what the immediately i'm like this is a this is a big red flag that's a hard no and i'm like you know for for s's and g's here i'm gonna reach out to their past tenants and see what's up see how you know how they were with these nine pets that they have well every single one of their uh their uh past what's it called uh landlords were like yeah no, they were fine. They were great. The first thing they brought up were the pets. Their pets are so well behaved. I'm like, you know, all right, screw it. We're just going to go for it. I call them up and I'm like, hey guys, you know, I know you have nine pets. I'm not sure if you noticed, but there's a $250 fee per pet. They're like, oh yeah, no, that's fine. So now the 19, 20% you know, re- cash on cash return yep. that we were getting on that house now just turned into a 40% return. Yeah. So that's how the first deal went. And they left that house. Place was immaculate. That's um, crazy, bro. What kind of pets were they? Wizards? Bro, they, they had probably, not. No, they, they were had probably like nine you ever, birds. You ever seen those TikToks where the dogs are all just trained perfectly? Hey, and no they way. just they wait like cats. one at a time to no, come in the house? Still, bro, nine dogs. Six are, cats? Six oh, cats, three dogs. Like Bert. I do not have six cats you, for the world to know. You, you might almost be there, though, bro. No, I don't. You, no, I don't. Ryan, is he not there? He's getting there. I know he's getting there. All right. Two out of six. He did save a puppy <laughs> the other day. I thought that was pretty cool. 
Yeah, I did. We'll talk about that. I thought he was going to become a a dog. I thought he was going to become a dog dad that night. Sorry. Going back to your point, you uh, you talked about investing where you can afford. Yes. Um, I think, you know, once again, it's a scary thing for a lot of people because it's like, why would I want to invest out of state? You know, I don't know anybody there. How do I even start, you know, looking at the properties? How can I make sure that the properties are well-maintained? Yeah. Can you give us like, let's say and this is something they, they do in bigger pockets, right? Like give us some of your, like your three main people that you would have in your tool belt that you need for out-of-state investing. Yeah, I would say definitely a trustworthy realtor. Okay. Um, a trustworthy contractor who you should be getting through your realtor. Yeah, because those are not easy to find. Definitely not easy to find. I mean, we got them local here and I, you know, there are some people I don't trust. Mm-hmm. Um, God, and lastly, I'd say a property manager because I, I, I don't have a property manager at this point. Okay. But if you were to invest, you know, far away and you're not willing to do the work and you don't want to have to worry about little things, mm-hmm. um, then definitely get a property manager, pay the 10% per month. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to worry about much. Yeah. And I mean, uh, some people might hear that 10% and might be like, ah, that's an extra cost. But once again, yes. we talk about how the cost and the time might, right. You, know, you got to yes balance it no. out. Imagine my dad, for instance, my dad mm-hmm. owns and his family, they own these properties. Right. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, do they bitch about these properties? <laughs> oh, I gotta go. Mm-hmm. I gotta go, you know, clear the snow. And, and this guy's giving me this about the toilet and the light bulb and all this stuff. And I'm like, dad, how much do you, yeah. yeah. I'm like, how much do you make a year on this, on this, uh, building? Mm-hmm. He goes $27,000 a year. Mm-hmm. They own that building outright. And I'm like, if you paid a property manager 10% of that, $2,700 a year, now you're making what? 24K Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to have any of those headaches. Your problems are gone. That's what we were talking about earlier on, bro. It's the sales page. Pay somebody. It's it's it. All you got to do, you don't treat it. If you're not treating it like a business, it's not going to run like a business. Very simple. I see that so many times. I mean, you know, once again, like working in banking, you sit down with a lot of business owners, a lot of people who have had businesses for years and years and years, and they almost treat it like a side hustle, you know, or something that they just kind of fell into. And it's like, do you understand how much more you could be making, how much more efficient this business could be if you just took the time to put certain people in place or just like you said, just delegate this position, delegate this position and just take a lot of stress off your back. Or just to get a little bit more organized. Exactly. Dude, surf casting seven stripes, that's a hobby. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I make money with that. I don't care if I lose money with that. My rental business, Piranha Capital, mm-hmm. that's a business. That runs like a business. That will make awesome. money. That's Piranha it. Capital. That's it. That's all. So, bro, at, at, at peak, how well, how old are you? I know. I'm 28 years old. Okay. Just turned 20 at the in peak, December. How many properties did you have in your portfolio? I know you've been going through some stuff. Yeah. Peak was five. Um, and well, actually we we've reached a new peak officially, Mm -hmm. um, total in our portfolio. We have about God, if we're talking our total rounded out portfolio, one, two, three, four, we have eight properties. That's a good problem to have sitting there counting on his fingers. (laughs) Uh, We got eight properties. 28 years old. Okay. You can still count them in two hands for now. Yeah. We All just right. broke. We're gonna the, change that uh, by the summer. Yeah, we broke the million mark. Uh, we're yeah. about one point five right now. And Dude, uh, 
awesome. So, so Thank tell you. everybody, tell everybody not to cut you off, tell everybody how you're doing it. Right. Cause from what I've, what you've told me, it's, you're not sitting here playing with a ton of capital, right. You know, right. not broke, but you're not sitting here playing with a ton of capital. How are you doing it? Obviously hard work research and you put your time in, but what, what's the method that you broke down? Talk to us and, about how you talk to us about the level, how you finagling yourself, bro. Yeah. Talk. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of finagling and there, and the real estate side of business is like, there's so many ways to, to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, when I bought my first property, I bought my first property, it was 195,000. It was a small town home. Um, Albert was insuring it at the time. And unfortunately I had two water claims that went in within the same week, dude, my toilet leaked through the ceiling. Um, and then my fridge started leaking, destroyed some of my cabinets. Now, I don't know how insurance works at this point in my life. Again, everything's a learning uh, a learning education session, if you will. And I put in both the claims through my insurance. Now, next thing I know, nice. I get $8,000, $8,000 worth of money mm-hmm. to just to start working with. So I'm like, you know, they came in, they did all their assessments. So I'm like, I might as well add in a little bit more, you know, do a little bit more work. Um, and I redid the bathroom. I redid my floors downstairs And the next thing I know, the market's going crazy. So I'm like, dude, I'm going to sell this place. So big thing to highlight there is equity. I just added a bunch of equity to my property. And, you know, thanks to the insurance claims, you know, again, this was a mistake, really. Um, I basically was, again, like I added all this equity to my property. I was able to sell the thing for 230, um, 230K. And I swear to God, when I, when the realtor came up to me, she goes, I'm going to put it on for 210. And I said, no, you're not. You're going to put it on for 225. And I was hoping she'd meet me at 215. Okay. She goes, okay, okay. We'll, we'll put it on at 215. I'm like, awesome. Got what I wanted. Dude, it went over. It went over and they waived appraisal. So we literally got the money we wanted for the place. And now I'm working with all this money that I'm just about to go dump into another place. So I actually, that the place I was just talking about was 1400 square feet. And I was having a baby. Uh, my wife mm-hmm. is already talking to me about buying a bigger house. <laughs> so it came at the perfect time. And I found a house, 4,000 square feet. And it had an in-law unit attached to it that was already rented out. So I'm like, damn, you know, I wonder what they're getting for rent. 1500 bucks. Okay. I do the calculations out. I'm going to be paying less to live in a 4,000 square foot home Mm -hmm. than I was to be paying, you know, to be living in my 1,400 square foot town home. Right. Insane. I was paying about 15 to 1,800 bucks a month there, depending on the electric and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm moving into a 4,000 square foot home where I'm paying a thousand bucks a month insane and you but you did get lucky though the fact that the people that are living in your in-law suite are great tenants they're right? amazing that, tenants they yeah, are amazing have to tenants. Go through the whole vetting process yeah we can't act like that's you know that's an uh that's a very fortunate position that you're in not very, something yeah. that people are going to find all the time <clears throat> again if you if you treat the situation right again you treat mm-hmm. it like a business you do your background homework you do run background checks again i met these people mm-hmm. i'm like i'm going to be living here they know i'm buying this house and they're super respectful. I've never, ever had to, um, you know, walk over, knock on their door and be like, 
you're being too loud or, or anything like that. Very respectful people. Dude, I literally just seeded my lawn and all that stuff. This guy's moving around with the sprinkler. He's moving the sprinkler around for me, making sure everything gets hit. Like That's awesome. He's taking ownership in it. That's Yeah, just a great dude. They take pride in the fact that they live here. And I said that to them. I'm like, this is, yeah, this is your house. That when we moved in, I invited them over for dinner. I'm like, you guys are going to be living next to us. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to make sure we have a good relationship. Building um, community. We took pride in, in the house we lived in in college. Definitely. Yeah, that? sure. That's why we're getting into. Well, technically, we did. We're going to get that this. one day. Yeah, we absolutely did. We did we take pride, pride in it. That's why oh, we yeah. do this. Yeah. Well, you well, remember our cleaning sessions? They were great. We used to come together like a team. Mm-hmm. They were oh, great. great. Once you the last one. I won't stuff, forget that last one. Speaking about, you know, taking pride in homes, right? We have some some future partnerships, some future deals coming up, right, that we're going to get involved in. We definitely and are. we're looking to use the bird method, Ryan. Yeah, we want to buy, we want to rehab, we want to rent, we want to refinance, we want to repeat. You want to repeat? I love the fact that you know that what bird stands for. Bro, come on, um, man! You put me on a couple of years ago, and you know studies, I, just, I just kept my head in the books. So tell us about yeah. it, Ryan. Tell us about That's how you're fun. using burr uh, down in, in Texas. Why is it getting chilly in Texas for you, Bo? So yeah, so. The reason I brought up that first property is because it was technically yep. an accidental burr. Mm-hmm. I accidentally burred that property. Yep. I could have filled it with a tenant and I could have basically refinanced and then pulled the money out. I didn't have enough money to put a down payment on this house, which is why I sold the other place. And I had also thought at the market, I thought it was at its peak, which was a mistake because now I could have more rentals and so forth. But Texas, so... First property, Texas. We, we put 20% down. We did it. Okay. We did it the way that we thought we were doing it. We bought a safe property. Okay. So we didn't actually pull any money out of that property. Can mm-hmm. we pull money out of it now with the market, the way things are going? We could probably pull, yeah, probably 20 yeah. to 35K out of there now. Um, but yeah, so recently we we literally bought three properties within two weeks. Um, what initiated that? So again, boots on the ground, you got to have a good realtor. Realtor is number one. So this all started off. I reached out to Robbie. I'm like, Hey, what's the next move? Blah, 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 blah. He gave me the go ahead. He's like, he's like, listen, this is what I want you to do. Start calling some realtors from different sites, have them look at a map and start circling areas that they would invest in or that they would live in with their kids and so forth. Safe neighborhoods. You don't have to deal with cruddy tenants and so Mm -hmm. forth. Again, you just want to weed out that stuff. So you don't have to deal with headaches, especially when you're thousands of miles away. So I call this one woman. She's like, Oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. She circles a bunch of areas for me, calls me 20 minutes later. She goes, I actually have this property. Blah, blah, blah. It's 72.5. I'm like, okay. I'm like, honest to God, I think, I think we want to buy it. She goes, okay, I have to go. I have to go do a showing right now. I'll call you back in an hour. Now I am one of the most impatient people in America. You could say that. No kidding. Wicked. You could say that. I call Robbie up immediately. My business partner. I'm like, Hey man, I need you to run the numbers on this place. Mm -hmm. This place looks good. We can get at least 1100, 1100 bucks out of it a month. He goes, Okay. Sends me it back immediately. That's crazy. It's going to work. Again, 75,000 purchase, right? So 72,500. So purchase the price. mortgage on that place mm-hmm. is around 450. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're charging 1100. And you're looking month. nice. 
Nice. So even, even without a burn method, we're like, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially I look, I, cr- I try calling my realtor. He's not picking up the phone. Of course I'm saying a good realtor matters, right? Slacking, slacking. Well, I look up the, the selling agent of the home. It's my realtor's dad. I'm like, no way. Plot twist. So, yeah, I'm like, I'm going right to the head of the snake here. I call this guy. He picks up the phone. I'm like, yeah, I've worked with your son in the past, blah, 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 blah. I own a few houses here, here, and here. He goes, oh, yeah, I know you guys, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> he goes, uh, I got to be honest with you. I got 42 showings this weekend, but if you guys are willing to tell me right now, that you'll close on this house tonight. I will cancel every one of those showings. I'm like 42. Done. Shows. He was lying, bro. bro 42. How many showings do you think he had? Two. He told me 42, bro. In this market, I would not put it past him. I know he was hyping it up. 100%. I know bro. He, he probably so was. He sold you so good. <laughs> he sold he, your ass. I used to tell fine. people that with gym memberships. This is the last one we got today. It. You got to get it now. He didn't sell me because he goes, <laughs> yeah, this is what he says to me. He goes, I sold this woman this house years mm. ago and I'm just doing her a favor, selling it, to, so getting it off the market. Since you boys know my son, Jacob, <laughs> I'm going to hook you guys up. That's what he tells me. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I, I probably shouldn't have dropped names there. But anyways, he just, he just got sold. He got, <laughs> right. sold. he got sold. 100%. 42 showings, bro. So crazy. 24 <laughs> hours in a day. My dude's doing one. My dude's just not sleeping. I'm not, I can't wait. No, well, he goes, I'm like, I'm like, listen, I want to get $1,100 a month out of this place. What do I got to do to get $1,100 a month? Hmm. He goes, well, it doesn't have an AC unit, but since you boys are so good friends with my, my son and all this stuff, he's like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to see if she'll put in the the $4,000 AC central air system. I'm like, okay. Okay, man. So he basically goes at the end of the phone call. He goes, I'm this house is under contract as of right now. I'm taking a verbal from you. I'm like done dude. And an hour later I get a call back from this woman. She go the, the woman who originally showed me the, uh, the property who sent it to me, she goes, Hey, I have the papers for you for the house. Cause I asked for them. Mm-hmm. She goes, uh, I did call the realtor and he made it sound like the house is already sold. Yeah, it's I'm, like, like, I got it. I'm like, damn, I got to tell this woman. I'm like, I'm like, you know, Macy, I'm so sorry. I'm like, we actually are the ones who bought the house. I knew the, I knew the selling agent and I just reached out to him. And that was it. I was like, listen, please don't feel discouraged or anything like that. So back to the burr. Well, I mean, she I didn't have to you say guys how we the, got that. She didn't was, have you guys on the contract or anything, right? She didn't. She didn't. But again, I felt bad because she brought the property to me. She told me she was going to get back in an hour. I, I bought that house within 30 minutes. You know what I mean? That speaks to you, bro. Time is uh, of the essence. That's it. You want to go get it. You want to go get it. So talk it. about the burr, though. So talk about how you're making money. So, out yeah. So <clears throat> we bought. That's the first part of this. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have this situation down there where we work with private lenders. We're not working with hard money lenders. We're working with private lenders. What that means is that these banks do not go through the FDIC. You're yep. not opening. You're not basically going through a Fannie Mae or a Sally Mac or mm-hmm. a Fannie, well, whatever they are called, Freddie Mac. Yep. Um, so essentially, you do not have to do a conventional loan. So we do these things called Reno loans, renovation loans. Mm-hmm. 
So what we do is we go into these properties, we find some things that need fixing, whether it be windows, whether it be the roof. And again, we just fix these minor things that, that need to be done and we incorporate it into the mortgage or into mm-hmm. the, into the loan that we're taking out. Again, we find like $5,000 worth of stuff yeah. to do. So now we're looking at, you know, we bought the house for 73. Now we're adding on that extra five grand. So we're at 78 and now we're banking on a big appraisal. So we've already done comps within the area. When I say comps, it means I look at the other houses in the area Mm-hmm. To see what our house compares to in value, what's For the, the house comparative sold, prices? Right. Yes. Yeah. So basically, the bank comes in. They look at the house. They're like, "Okay, you're doing X, Y, Z here. You're going to fill it with tenants." This house appraised for ninety three thousand dollars. So instantly, we had twenty k built into this house in equity already. Nice. Which means. Our down payment was zero. We brought nothing to the table. We got this house for free, pretty much. Look at that, dude. It's Do you hear what he just said? Bro, it's crazy. And that's, I mean, we talk about this a lot, but when Ryan first started telling me about real estate, you know, telling me about how people are acquiring these properties, all the creative ways of financing it, it really didn't make sense to me at first. You know, it didn't make sense to me either. Though. Even sitting in the bank, you know, for a couple of years at that point, I'm like, what do you mean? You know, people are taking this and leveraging that. And still coming out of it with no money down. Mm -hmm. And then once again, you're sitting there, it's like, okay, this is exactly how you're doing it. You buy the property, you force some equity into it by making some renovations, right? Fix it up, maybe do some window repairs, do rip up the carpet, you know, do something slight, nothing, nothing that's going to break the bank, right? Get your appraisal and, and you're off to the races, right? You're now pulling out so much more money. And now you can flip that into another two homes, three homes, four homes, and keep your process going if you have it set up correctly. Right. That's so that's correct. like what you said. That's where it comes back into having people like Robbie who can run the numbers on the next two or three things. Right. And say, okay, once we're done with this process, right, we pull out another 20,000 from this house. What can we do with this to keep the money going? Cause I don't think you guys just want to sit on that 20,000 and be like, Oh, we're good for the year. Unless oh, you do. Maybe, maybe you guys want to take some fishing trips. Uh, well, <laughs> but, well, we, we acquired two more properties the same way within, within the next week. And again, I think one of them was 95. It came in at 113. We bought another one at, at maybe 110. It appraised for 128. Um, we we're expecting a little higher on that one. So uh, mm-hmm. we did have to bring a little bit of money to the table on that one. Okay. But not, not very much, nothing you'd, you'd bat your eye at sort of thing. And speaking um, on that, right? Like with the, cause you were talking about the hard money loans that you, that you guys work with. How yes. much are they, uh, did you say how much you're usually, they're usually asking for? So like, remember, it's not a hard money loan. If you're mm-hmm. working with a hard money lender, you're going to be paying anywhere from 12 to 15% on your money. Right, you get yeah. yeah. And you still have to put 20% down, which yeah. is crazy. When you're dealing with these private lenders, mm-hmm. we only have to bring anywhere from five to ten percent to the ten, table, yeah. which is why that down payment is is essentially covered when you uh, when you do the proper refi and so are, forth. Are there risks? There has to be risks associated with private lending, then, right? Oh, what are they not? Are they not insured? Well, so, I, I think the thing, the, it just comes down to once again, like how they, it comes assume. down to how they're structuring your, your note it's, at the end of the it's day. It's all the repayment. structure of the note and then um, is right in saying that. Yes. So like when you're looking at that structuring, right? Like, are you, is this just a strictly an interest only loan that you're getting for the months that you're going to need them or? Yes. Okay. 
Okay. So it's, it's a high interest rate initially mm-hmm. and it's for the first year. And that's assuming that the appraisal comes back, let's say lower than you would have expected. Mm-hmm. You're required to bring the difference between what that appraisal was and the money that you were going to put down. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the difference between those two numbers is what I would have had to bring to the table, what the appraisal was and what that initial down payment was of that mm-hmm. five to 10%. Understood. Since it appraised for higher, I had to bring zero to the table. Yeah. So, so again, yeah, you do that twice. And, and dude, again, I'm super impatient. This is where pay, where partners, like, again, you have a smart, intelligent partner. It helps you yeah. out a lot. You know, I'm like, dude, you know, cause we have other private lenders that, that will loan to us anywhere in the country. And we're like, I'm like, dude, you know That's what? Awesome. Like, let's start. Yeah. I'm like, let's start doing this here. Let's start doing it where we live. Mm-hmm. And you know, he, he kind of gave me a gut check. He's like, listen, bro, we have a system right now. Yeah. We literally acquired three houses in two weeks. Like we will not go anywhere else. <laughs> right. We if have it ain't broke, no money it. down. Yeah. Why would you? He's like, he's like, this is a system. We can replicate this system over and over and over again. And there's no need to go anywhere else. And he's a hundred percent right. Um, the big, a big thing I left out that, that is important in this is our realtor is an investor as well. So and our realtor, oh my God, helps majorly. Our realtor literally walks through these houses as an investor for us. Mm-hmm. So he walks through, he's like, you know, I would probably fix this. If you're going to want to get, you know, 950 out of this place, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do that. Like the windows people that we had doing on this last house, he goes, he's like, you know, they're booked out 18 weeks. He goes, the buddy, you know, the, the owner of the company is a buddy of mine. And he, he does all the windows on my homes. He goes, I just called him up. He said, I'll fit you in next week. Nice. So again, that strong relationship with your realtor is everything. Mm-hmm. So relationships know. matter. Yeah. The, the, the third house, that third house that we bought or put under contract and then, and then bought, he literally called us up and he goes, Hey, I just had an investor get off the phone with me. And this is, this is the house that they brought to me. Mm-hmm. Can you close tonight? I said, do it. Send me the papers right now. We'll close right now. Yeah. Dude, that's loyalty. And it really is a crazy loyalty. speed though. It's a crazy speed working with investors. I mean, just sitting in there, just dealing with the the amount of transfers that they come in and do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, how much money is just floating around in the real estate industry. Well, you know, but it, that's it, the thing. Yeah. You know what that taught me is he knew we had the money, no matter yep. what. He knows we have the funds. Mm-hmm. And, and it gives you this, again, it alludes to like the future down the line. When I want to buy a 16 unit property mm-hmm. and the realtor who's selling that property or the realtor who's friends with that realtor calls up 12 of his investors that he has in his Rolodex. Yeah. And he's like, I, I'm literally coming after all 12 of those people, mm-hmm. no matter what. Unless I'm bringing a substantial amount of money to the table, like I will fall in the back of that line because that guy knows, that realtor knows I got 12 people that are good for their money that I'm going to, that I don't have to worry about a single thing. They will close. Mm -hmm. And that's the relationship we're developing right now. It's a great place to be at. 
Yeah, bro, he's doing it. I'm hoping I'm gonna be there as a realtor. <laughs> boys, boys, we're all gonna get there. That's, that's and that's that's the other thing is it's like, again, I I want I want everyone to be involved because this is such. Again, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. Nah, dude, you're working hard. Don't sell yourself short. You do a lot of research. You hustle. You never sleep. Like, yeah, no, this, this stuff is not easy. Again, like I had to deal with the contractor to fix the door down in Texas and communicating with the tenant, communicating with the contractor, communicating with my realtor, make sure everything's done right. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a pain in the ass, but Mm -hmm. it's worth it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, if you're doing it, Al, if the Kembe's doing it, you know, if all of our friends start doing this, dude, like we can essentially form this giant corporation mm-hmm. where, you know, we are in that role at X of 12 people. Yeah. We are those conglomerates who, who get reached out to. That because- I think is, yeah. I, I, sorry to cut you off there. I think that's the, we, we were talking about this on the phone the other day, you know, it's cool to see how we're all growing around this thing, right? Whether it be real estate or just business in general. You know, I mm-hmm. think it's something that's keeping us focused and moving us forward. And it's going to be crazy to see where we are, even even a year from now, right? Because just the other day we were talking about, okay, we're ready to start making some moves maybe as soon as this summer, right? Before the end of the year. And what does that look like once we start repeating the same process you already have in place? Yes. Right? Because I've been sitting there since we lived together, right? Since you started talking about real estate, I'm like, oh, okay, Ryan said, listen to this, read this book. Just sitting there taking notes, like Albert said, learning, right? Like spending the time to put in that hard work that a lot of people won't do. But when the time comes, it's going to pay off. Heck right? yeah. No, and, that's, that's the thing. The mm-hmm. process is the greatest part. Yeah. The process is where the pain and the suffering and all that garbage that nobody wants to go through. <laughs> that's where the, that's where the best part of the whole entire thing happens. Cause you get to the end and it's like, damn, you know, I got a $1.5 million portfolio right now. I'm 28. I shouldn't be here. Are you kidding me? No way. Oh, you should, and, bro. You should. That's why you're but there. That's the thing. That's the process. Mm-hmm. I went through the process. I fell in love with the process. Yeah. And now that I have that number, like I'm not one to celebrate, you know, but I knew, I know what it takes to get there. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thankful as hell that I went through what I had to go through, you know? And, and the thing I was talking with Dikembe the other day that is so important, is so important because, you know, I got a full-time job. I do the real estate. I do surf casting. I just started a nutrition company. Like, I got a, I, I got a new, newborn baby. You know what I mean? I got a toddler running around. I am so <laughs> selfish with my time. Yeah. And you have to be. You have to be. Yeah. You have to be. By the time five o'clock hits... I do not want to be talking to anyone on my phone. I don't want you to call me. I don't want to hear anything. And I know Albert knows this because he calls me after five o'clock sometimes and hey, I don't bro. pick up. That's yeah, family you act, time. You act like you're 70 years old, man. That's it. Do not I disturb. Don't. I, I am. Do the phone not disturb. PM. What you need to talk to him for? I go to bed. I go to bed at 830, nine o'clock, and I wake up at 5 a.m. every single day. And, and again, from the moment I wake up at 5 a.m., I am doing work. This morning I was up at 4 a.m. Like I said, I was I was designing sweatshirts. It starts right when I wake up. So by the time, again, by the time five o'clock hits, I'm like, shit, bro, 5 p.m. that is. I'm like, I already put in a 12-hour day. I'm good. And and you know I've had to take phone calls after 5 p.m. sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm closing yeah, on these houses of course, of course, and of making course. all that stuff happen. So 
you have to be selfish with your time. Choose who you speak to throughout your day. Make sure they bring value to your day. Mm-hmm. Make sure that they bring some sort of asset that's going to help you out in the progression of life. So while, while you're rolling there, while you're on that, that, um, that little spiel about bringing something to the table um, and importance, why don't you give us, as, as you know, I know you listen, which we appreciate and we thank everyone who's listening always. Um, why don't you give us your content wreck of the week? So content wreck of the week is green lights by Matthew McConaughey. Mm. Um, probably to this day. Nice. One of nice. my top five books uh, I've ever read. And again, it's, it's, it just speaks to the optimism of life. Um, you know, for, for every red light, there's always going to be a green light sort of thing, you know, for, for every, you know, setback, there's always going to be, you know, a step forward at some point. And, and again, all of us get caught up in these ruts on a daily basis. We're like, damn, you know, this shit's hard. Life's not going my way. And again, remember about the process. You fall in love with that process, that part where you're grinding, you're going through the daily life. And, and again, it, it's like weightlifting, you know, you're showing up to show up. You're still putting the effort in and you're really working hard, but the days you don't want to go, you're still going to go. You're still going to show up. You're still going to check that box. And, you know, then at the end of the day, when your buddy's like, damn, bro, you look pretty good. You know, we just did 75 hard. Albert looked good. AJ looked good. Hamie looked great. Mm-hmm. Freaking Brandon has the body I wanted for the last <laughs> 11 years of my life. And the kid got it in 75 days. It's like, and now they're all like, you know, I don't want to drink every weekend. I don't want to be consuming McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Again, they fell in love with the process. Yeah. So again, green lights, great book. I'm not going to even tell anyone what's about or anything like that. But again, the, the name is indicative. I got it on my, on my list. Yeah, it's no, me up. too. And supposedly if you do the audio book, did you do the audio book? It's, it's him I talking, did. which is I cool, did. which adds emphasis. Yeah. yeah. You got to hear that easier. All right. Stage. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's got, he's got <laughs> such an amazing story. Um, and, and he, he basically just, he, he doesn't have this, this outlook of, you know, all these Hollywood actors and so forth. At least that's what he made it seem like in his book that, you know, he, he totally rebranded himself in the middle of, in the peak of his career. You know, there was one point this, this movie company offered him $4 million to do, to do this one role. And he said no three times by the end, they were offering him 14 and a half million to do it. And he's okay. like, it was the same script, same damn script. But this, he's like, by the third time I was reading it over for that 14 and a half million, he's like, it sure sounded a lot better. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> but he refused. He wouldn't take it because he decided at one point, he's like, I'm going in a different direction. So it's like, you know, even when you're at the peak in your own life, it's like, you know, you take a risk on yourself and and you go a totally different direction. I love shit like that. Love it. Yourself. It's like, what are you really doing? Is it worth it? That's right. That's right. And it worked out for him. Look at him driving Lincoln's, you know, he's got this dude is doing Lincoln commercials. He was a rom-com actor. You know what I mean? That is pretty funny. Bro, the Lincoln commercials are so great. So easy. And they're awesome. They fit him perfectly. He doesn't say anything. We need to get in some car commercials. We need to get in a commercial where we don't say anything. I'm going to call AJ. You need to do that. (laughs) That's where you just don't say anything. What What do you mean? People love the voice. 
Yeah, I know, but I'm saying. Imagine me in a car. But you, you also like love like pictures of yourself, a, a like stills. Y'all hear how I say that? Yeah, maybe a Maserati commercial. If anybody knows anybody, yeah. you like hold you a Triton. Maseratis. I got you. Mm-hmm. That's but it. that's okay. the thing, dude. He's driving this car, and since he was Magic Mike, and he was he was the Lincoln oh, lawyer, like he's that. sexy. He he played a serious role. He's like this mysterious, sexy dude, and you're like just associating luxury with it at the same time. That's Lincoln's it. fucking brilliant, dude. Are you that's kidding it. me? Doesn't say a word. Just doesn't just say drive. a single word. We got. They have a voiceover in the background. We're gonna take a note out their book. Out of Lincoln's book. We're gonna start making some first sip uh, content. Just like a and coffee j- board. And us driving. No, we <laughs> nope. We might spill the coffee. That okay. We're gonna think about that. We're we gonna talk, think about yeah, that. Yeah, talk to AJ. Let's we're get some have- I8s. Let's all start <laughs> driving them around. Slow mo film. Ryan, that's why that's why we that's why this is our community, that's our network. We, yeah. Because big brain sexy energy voice. all Someone's, the time. Yeah. No, no, leave no. No. You we'll you, leave the voice to you. Someone's someone's got a sexy you, voice. Everybody no has everybody has a role. Everybody has a role. That's delegation, baby. But, um, you know, I like the way you you kind of led into, do you want to give your content, Rector? You can go ahead and give yours. Yeah, okay. with mine. Because it's actually the book I shared with you the other day that yes. Doza recommended to me. Shout out to Doza. Um, your Next Five Moves by All right. Ryan. Have you ever read it? By Patrick uh, David. Incredible book. Incredible. I feel okay. like you ever read one of those books that finally sums up everything that you've really been thinking about for the longest time? Heck but yeah. you've had a hard time articulating and putting into words. And For it's sure. like, wow, this, this person gets it. Yes. The way he talks about planning life, you know, planning business, just going about your day to day is pretty much exactly what we talked about the past hour, right? Mm-hmm. Playing life like a chess game. Like you're playing it like a grandmaster would. You're not sitting there going, okay, I'm here now. Let me get to my next step. Okay, I'm at yeah. my next step. Okay, what's next? You know, it's like you're thinking, okay, I'm here now. Where am I going to be five moves ahead, 10 moves ahead, 12 moves right. ahead? Well, What's going to go on with the overall game? People. You know what I mean? And just sitting there and seeing that it's because it's something I think about a lot. And Albert knows this. We, maybe it's something we all share. We're very impatient people. You know what I mean? We're always thinking 10 steps ahead and saying, well, okay, if we do that, what's going to come after that? And then two steps ahead, how can I then really benefit from this or use this long term? Mm-hmm. Right. I think back to when, even when we were in, when we started living together in college and we started bodybuilding together, right. And it was like, okay, we're just going to start weightlifting. Heck yeah. And then how that just catapulted so far into oh, so many man. other things. We started, we wanted to start a fitness apparel company. Dude, we try. Shout out Dude, to uh, we, BMN active. BMN active, baby. We you, used by any means necessary. That's right. We, that, guys, that, we used to take 19, 20 shots a night, freshman, sophomore year. It's not true. And re- that, that is very that true. That is 150% true. At that first is, sip, we do not condone the usage of alcohol. I don't know why he keeps lying. Yeah, we, we, we don't do that. Drinking, drinking. No, we do not condone been, the usage of drinking. multiple shots. We've been drinking, drinking. I didn't drinking. condone it. I'm just saying we went from that to by senior year, you know, we're not drinking because we want six packs, dude. Literally right. saying like me. we're not going In out to college, the bar anymore. We're Like we're not going to the bar anymore. Like, no, we're good because we think we're going to be on the Olympia stage by the time we're 25. That bro, that's falling in love with the process. You love and the process so yes. much. You're willing to give about, you're willing to give up the other stuff in life that doesn't bring any value to you. And when you were explaining your process, you know, about real estate, just everything you have going on, that's where it took me back to, right? Because I was like, you had that going on back then, right? Like when I first started like going to St. Joe's and hanging out with, with you guys after we all moved to Philly, right? And you and I were like, oh, bro, there's the weight room downstairs. 
you know, let, let's go and, and just go on the chest press, you know, and just go start doing some reps out that process. You know what I mean? It was like, Oh, I'm going to keep coming back. You know, I'm going to keep coming back to the gym. Cause like these guys get it. You're like building a community and a team of people who like really are pushing you forward. And yes. then from there, like it gives you the clarity to say, okay, what else can we do from this? What other moves can you do? You know, what business decisions can I make? What right. health decisions can I make? And fast forward. Now we're 27, 28. We're talking about real estate. We're talking about buying homes, renovating houses, you know, closing deals in our full-time jobs. You know what I mean? Like moving serious money around. And once again, if you were to sit here, honestly, from the outside, if other people were to sit there and say like, where do you think these guys are going to be 27? Maybe they think we would be pretty decent, but I don't think it would be the conversations we were having right now. No. And dude, I love that. I freaking love so much when people just don't know who you are, what you're worth or anything. Like, dude, I was a big old meathead walking around at school. You think people knew I was a bio major? You yeah. think they knew I was pre-med? Hell no. Now I walk around with Crocs and sweats on all the time, dude. Yeah. Like nobody knows anything about me. And I freaking love that. That's it. The day they're going to know is the day they're going to hate me. They're going to look at me driving that nice car and they're going to be like, shit, man, fuck that guy. He was always thinking 10 moves ahead. That's right. And I'm still going to be wearing my Crocs while I'm driving that nice car. Yeah. Damn right. That's it, man. That's my content. Right? <laughs> Your next five moves. Always. So, stay but that's, people. that's, you know, I like that you said that too, to Kembe, because in that, with the, with the books like that, you can implement them into your life. The yes. It's so actually like implementation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Bert. Yo, what cheers. So you know what? Ryan touched on it. And I don't know if we, we had brought it up yet on the podcast. Mine is actually a program. So Ryan actually just, just touched on it. And mm -hmm. I don't know if we've spoken that I had done it. I actually did it with Ryan and a couple of other of our mm -hmm. friends. We did a program called 75 Hard. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend to anyone listening to at least consider or do a part of the program. Yeah, I think everybody's done now, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're all done. So what 75 Hard is, it is a 75-day challenge that is intended to reshape your mind. Now it is physical and you will change. If you do it appropriately, you will look better mm -hmm. period. But the goal is to re reshape the way you think about what you're doing. It is 75 days long. You have to work out twice a day, every day. Each session has to be 45 minutes. Can't be one session of an hour and a half. It has to be two separate sessions of at least 45 minutes. One has to be outside. We did this from January to March, me and Ryan. <laughs> so we were outside every single day. That's a mental aspect. Now, were we just walking the majority of the day? Sure, we were. We were doing an outdoor walk as a workout, but guess what? It was cold and it sucked. And there were days you were sitting there just looking at the stars walking outside like, damn, look what I'm doing, which ended up becoming cool. You cannot drink for the full 75 days. You follow a diet for the full 75 days and you have to read 10 pages of a self-betterment book along with drinking a gallon of water. I believe I hit every point. My recommendation yeah, to did. everyone is, is just look. Oh, you also have to take a progress picture and see the way you change. I lost a ton of weight. The people that did it with us lost a ton of weight. Ryan didn't have to lose weight because he's always looked phenomenal, but he ended up looking better, right? Um, I recommend my wreck of the week is to grab a program. We've had so many people on here that have talked about processes, yeah. being structured, following a plan. Rome wasn't built in a day. So many guests, all the guests that we've had on, all the guests that we've had on are savages. Ryan is a savage. I sit across from a savage. The Kembe is a savage. Do you want to know why? Because everyone follows a plan. The Kembe just talked about going five steps ahead. Well, 75 hard is 75 days out where you're reshaping the way you think and you're just becoming a hungry killer with a goal focused. And that goal is self-betterment, which is what first sip is. 
getting everybody better. So my rec is it's the 75 hard challenge, which is incredible, but honestly, just follow a program, grab something out there. Listen to these people that we have on here, follow a program. That's it, man. Take your first sip of something new. You got to have goals, man. There's got to be, again, that that was good. What would you, what'd you say? I don't know. I just dropped lines. <laughs> what you, know, I, you I know you said you know, something inspirational. Yeah. So what'd you take say? Your first, take your first sip of something new. Take your first you sip did, of something you new, man. Yeah. yeah. Listen, that's, 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 a new, that's the next sweatshirt, boys. You got to throw that on the back. Take your first sip of something You know, something we got a new. lot of ideas coming. But yeah. yeah. Bert, that was nice, man. You knocked out the park with that one. I'm going to be yeah, honest. Dude. I blacked out there for a second. You knocked out the park. You I felt flowing. crazy. That's what people call flow. You do 75 hard, it puts you in that kid. That's it. You go crazy, bro. You get that tunnel vision. He's That's right, it. dude. There were days it was six degrees, and I I'll never forget the. Oh, what happened? Eight. Hope they're losing. Oh man, we might have lost him. Oh, Wait, nope. you're coming back. Really? There it is. Yeah. You're back. No, you're back. Oh, oh my internet. We're gonna have our. We're gonna have our first technical difficulty. That was yeah, funny too. Right says here. my internet stable is yeah. and my internet connection's unstable. We're um, but yeah, so. I literally got home at 11:30 one night, and I knew I still had to do my outdoor. It's snowing out, and it's six degrees, and I'm like, "Damn, I can't go on the paths that I usually go on because there's freaking wolves and bears <laughs> and stuff where I live." So I'm like, "I'm just gonna I'm start doing laps around my house. I got a tire in the back. I I'm hitting the tire with a sledgehammer every two laps and just keep going, dude. It was." It was taxing, and I had to read ten pages after that. My wife, my wife, and, and I think Albert, I think Albert said this, uh, or maybe it was Meg, uh, our other friend who did it with us, his his fiance. She's like, I won't tell, babe. I won't tell them if you don't do it. It's okay. <laughs> That's I'm right. like, listen, babe, I get that, and I love you, but don't ever say that again. To me. That's it. That's <laughs> not what we're about. <laughs> I love it. I no, love it. but, but dude, thank you so much, um, for coming on today. As always, we, we really appreciate it. Um, this was good. Man. Yeah, no, this is great, gentlemen. Thank so you for crazy. the opportunity. Thank you for, uh, for having me on. Thank you for letting me represent surf casting. And, uh, it, man, we're going to plug, we're going to plug you in the, uh, in the description. People go check yeah. it out, go buy some merch, go support. Heck yeah. Support Heck a great yeah. cause. Damn right. Those yeah. new sweaties will be up. And, yeah. uh, like I said, if anyone has any questions on real estate, yeah. Uh, like Decmar reached out to me at one point. Anyone yeah. can reach out to me. I said, man, reach bring out people to me. together. Heck bring yeah. No, again, if I didn't have any guidance, like I wouldn't be where I am. So and before we go, you also, um, if you can shout out Robbie and where people can maybe find him. Yes. So my, my business, yeah. yeah, my business partner, he is the, at the the Robert Leonard. Um, and if any of you listen to TIP, uh, he is the real estate show as mm-hmm. well as the, um, excuse me, the millennial investor. Yeah. So he basically has combined those two shows as of recently. Puts but, out great content. Um, again, TIP, he is uh, the Robert Leonard at, on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, again, th- he's he's a whiz. So he a lot of gems from him. Love it. Go check it out, people. Good yeah, stuff. go check it out. Thank you, brother. We really appreciate it. Everyone get out there, take a sip of something new, but as always, enjoy the first sip.